Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, well, good morning. We're so glad you're here today. Okay, let's put our hands together for the worship one more time this morning. These guys did an incredible job. You guys, I'm so excited for today, not just because, not just because we're going to take an offering today, not just because we're going to build the church more, but I have a very special guest with me today that I met almost year to date today. This is my friend Mary. Can you guys welcome Mary today? Mary, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. We're glad me. you're here today. I'm glad to be here. You guys are gonna get to know you're gonna get to get to know Mary a little bit, and um, and then she's gonna tell you guys what she's doing, and we're gonna talk about how we're gonna partner with her this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about your family. Tell us a little bit about where you live at, your address, things like that. <laughs> we won't so, go that far. Social so, security so, yeah, number. That's the kind of guy that Bank I am. account number. Yeah. <laughs> no. So my name is Mary Karima, and my husband is here with me today. His name is Eager, and we live here in the Central Florida area. We have. Three children. Our oldest just turned 16 in September. And at first we were a little nervous, and now we're really loving it because he can run all the errands. Come on. <laughs> and then we have boy-girl twins that are 10 years old. So I think we have that in common, right? We have that in common. This is, it, was, it was meant to be when I found that she had twins. Now, Diana, not only does she have twins, she is a twin. She is a I twin. I have a twin sister. So that's, that's called a generational curse. You know what I'm saying? You just, you just, <laughs> we thought it, we were supposed to skip a generation. That's yeah, what we were, we, we were Apparently that's a wives tale. Yes. Well, it did skip a generation. We were the recipients of the skip part of it. And so uh, my, my dad has a, a brother, brothers who are twins. Okay. And, uh, but, you know, my grandma, she had nine kids. So twins is a little bit easier than nine kids. Yes. Yeah, yes, so it is. So we're, we're thankful. Well, I'm glad you're here today. And I'm so thankful for um, you and just the time I got to meet you this year. The reason why I got to meet Mary is because Kelly introduced me to her, and Kelly goes to our church. Kelly's one of our group leaders. Kelly serves, um, Kelly and her husband, they serve in our, our setup, mostly the husband. She serves in kids' area. They serve in first impressions. They're a big part of uh, what we do here as a church, and we met them a few years ago, and they've been a huge, um, a huge blessing to our family and to this church, and they connected me to, to Mary. And so um, I, when, I, when Mary first told me that Kelly was one of her men, one of the people that she was using to mentor the people I was like, man, you guys will use anybody. You will use. <laughs> it's proof. Kelly and I, people like Kelly and people like me are proof that God can use anybody. And so, um, and I'm just Aww. kidding. I don't want to put you in my category. I'm proof that God can use anybody. Um, so we're, um, we're glad. Tell, tell everybody uh, what you do and kind of what your ministry is and where your heart's at. Sure. Yeah, so our ministry is called Harbor Hope International, and we work with survivors of sex trafficking primarily. Um, and so what we do is we mentor uh, survivors. So once they've been rescued, uh, once they've been released, um, or there's been a raid, then we bring them into our program and we walk alongside of them to model healthy bonding and healthy boundaries for them. Wow, that's so, yeah. and that's a lot. And um, I, so, yeah. and that's a lot. Yeah. I, I think when we, when we met, I think um, I didn't know a whole lot about trafficking in America. And I was telling our church last week, we have partners in India and we have partners in Nairobi, Kenya. My friend Marty's here today. He's involved with what we do in Nairobi, Kenya. And we have stuff in Venezuela and Costa Rica. And really we have a lot of things. And one of the things that we say as a church is like, if we don't invest in it, we can't really say that we love it. Because things that we love, 
we buy. The things that we love, we, we pour into it. If it, Maybe it's your kids or maybe it's shoes for somebody. I don't know, but I don't know who that's for. But whatever you like or you love, you invest your resources into it. And so um, I, when you, you were explaining things to me that I, I really didn't really know. And so trafficking, you were telling me trafficking doesn't really look the same as it looks um, in all around. You've been all around the world. But it doesn't look like it looks different here. And, and, and you're like in central Florida. So what does it look like in America, locally, um, in our, it's, this is our, this is in our backyard, you guys. This isn't like, we're not talking about get on an airplane and fly 17 hours to, to Nairobi, Kenya, or to England, or to, to India, wherever you want to go, 20 plus hours to India. We're talking about like five minute drive from wherever it is that you live at. What does it look like today in, in where, we're, where we're at? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because I think what happens oftentimes is we sort of have this stereotype of what human trafficking looks like. There's a white van driving down the road. Everybody's seen the movie Taken, right? Yeah. So you think that that's how it's happening. They're going to snatch our kids. Some stranger is going to follow me around Target and... world countries, um, it's a lot different because the traffickers are offering uh, employment, false employment, right? And, and villages are selling their kids to go work and to try to get money for the family. That's not exactly how it's happening here. How it's happening here is primarily through what we call false romantic relationships. So there will be a trafficker, there will be somebody who is trying to recruit these girls, and they're doing it through primarily through online social media apps. Mm. And so it's really important as parents, as grandparents, as caretakers, um, that we're aware of how this is happening and how we can protect our kids online. Uh, because when we hear of an 11-year-old, a 12-year-old girl talking about her boyfriend, her fiance, and he's 22. I mean, this was just what happened a month ago in Hillsborough County, if any wow. of you saw that situation. An 11-year-old girl talking about her 22-year-old fiance, right? Those are the signs that there's something else going on here. But the reality is that any young person is vulnerable. This crosses every socioeconomic, every ethnicity, every age, every gender. It's not even just girls anymore. 30, it's up to 30% now victims of trafficking are actually male. Wow. So we need a growing awareness of how this is happening, what's happening, so we know what to look for. I actually said to us this week, you know, I think the enemy loves to keep us thinking that it's happening the mm. other way that we see on social media, all of those false tales, so that we're not actually aware of how it's truly happening. He can kind of keep us distracted over there while, uh, you know, the enemy's at work. So. Wow, that's crazy. Man, it is... The numbers are growing, I'm assuming. Like, are you hopeful? Or I, I know that I just got a pit in my stomach when you said it. The, the, when you start thinking statistics, I think we hear statistics, they're very, um, I don't know what the word is you guys use for it, but like. Daunting. Yeah, they're daunt. They're, they're huge. They're like, you can't even. And then, and then like a number really, a, a name is different. You, you have lots of names of people that you are serving on, the, on a regular basis. And we're like, well, you know, 30%, 40%. That really doesn't hit you in the gut that much. But when you start thinking about, you know, I have a, you have a 16-year-old, I have a 14-year-old, I have seven-year-olds, you know, seven-year-olds, I have a 10-year-old, talking about males, and you're talking about females, like, it, like, what do you, what are you seeing, are, are, are you, do you, are you hopeful, I mean, I know, this is like, I'm, I'm lost for words, thinking about the numbers, because they're so big, I'm, I'm trying to get my, my mind wrapped around, but are, are there ways to slow it down, or, or are you hopeful, what, do you, what are you thinking, or what are you seeing out there among other organizations, because obviously, you're not the only one doing this, right. but, 
you're doing it really close by and you're doing it the way you do it. Yeah. And um, what are you seeing or? Yeah, we are really hopeful. And in fact, here in Central Florida, we're really excited because about a year ago, a new organization launched that is building an alliance of those of us who are in the trenches um, doing the work. And so there's been a great amount of collaboration. We're a part of a groundbreaking collaboration with two other organizations where we get to walk with a survivor from start to finish. So through the whole continuum of care. Um, so there is a lot of hope. But for me, just personally, the thing that sustains me is a scripture that basically says that Jesus sustains the whole world, yeah. right? And so anytime I f start to feel discouraged or overwhelmed, I'll close my eyes and I'll start to remember each individual woman's face that we've worked with. Wow. And there are a lot of them. I mean, just yesterday, thanks to Hope Church Winter Garden, thank you all, we were able to do the dignity stockings. We packed 131 stockings. Wow, come on, that's awesome. That is amazing. They didn't know we were doing that. Oh. I don't wow. even know if I knew we were doing that. I'm kidding. They didn't know that we were doing that. I know I talked to someone from your team like, hey, we're doing these dignity stockings. And it's so crazy to me. I know you probably think this every day, but we just, we have so much stuff. And it's like, we had those gift cards and we went out and got some more gift cards and I gave those to you this week. And you don't really know how far the effect is gonna go, but you guys really are, you're reaching far. You were in, 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 in life and just doing things that you were doing and you made a turn to do this thing full time. And Mary and her, her team, and they're only three years into this. Mm -hmm. And every time I sit with Mary, I'm like, let me tell you what I would do. And she's like, you wouldn't do this. <laughs> Or you would do it. You're not doing it. And I, she doesn't say these words to me, but she's like, just be the partner. Just do the part that you're supposed to. Just play your part, bro. <laughs> do your part, boo-boo. You know, and so, um, but you are. So tell us, like, on the, on the regular, like, what does it look like for, what are you guys, I know there's a couple different steps of things that you guys are doing. Um, what does it look like for someone who comes to you guys once they get to you guys? What does it look like to be someone that you guys mentor at yeah. Harbor Hope? So primarily we receive our referrals from now we're up to 11 community partners that make referrals into our program. So that's where the survivors come from. So they're in some sort of residential program or they're getting assistance in another way. And then they come to us for the mentorship piece of that. And so we actually just raise up volunteers from all of our local church partners. And we feel like when we empower the church, because that's what we're called to do as the church, yeah. we're called to reach the furthest end of the margin. And let me tell you, of all marginalized populations, this is the furthest end. Wow. If we can reach these individuals, we can reach everybody in between. Yeah. That's the reality. Yeah. So we train, up, we train up volunteers. We put you through you know, a 10-hour training. Kelly's been through that training. She can tell you all about it. Um, and then we don't just leave you out there. We don't put you at risk. You're not in harm's way. That's one of the biggest questions we get is like, is this going to be dangerous for me? No, it's not. As long as you follow our guidelines, you'll be good. But um, so on a day-to-day, -day, our mentors uh, meet with their survivor a minimum of twice a month in person. Again, just modeling sober fun, modeling healthy community, mm -hmm. modeling what it means to have a friendship and not co that's not codependent, a friendship where you're not just out there floating on your own, but you have people who support and love you and are going to challenge you to be the best version of yourself that God made you to be. Cool. I love that. Mary's doing a great job. One of the things I like about what you guys do is that you guys do two-on-one -on -one mentoring. <laughs> I think that's so cool because, like, I mean, Jesus himself, he did one on a handful and none of us are Jesus, right. you know, and we're trying to be like him, but we're not like him. So I, I think, man, your model, and I was t talking to Mary, I'm like, who else is doing that? Like, let me see, like, where are you getting this stuff at? And she's like, we're really the only ones that we know of that are doing this two-on-one. And that's awesome, which means that they need way more, they, they need twice as many volunteers as the amount of people that they have. And so 
Um, there's a slide um, that you can put up, Courtney. Um, take a screenshot of this if you're in here today and you're thinking, man, this is something that maybe I could, I could, I could be a mentor. Like maybe I could actually mentor somebody. Right now, do you guys have any um, men that you're mentoring? We don't, but I believe that's because we don't have any male mentors. Come on. Because what we found is that God will bring us individual when we are ready for that. Yeah. And so as we raise up men, I watch. I guarantee you we're going to start getting referrals of young men. Yeah. I guarantee it. This no, is how God works. No doubt. I told our church last week that God will give us, God will give us what we can, doesn't give us what we can, doesn't always give us what we think we should get, but he gives what we know we'll steward. And I think you're right. They don't have that. And so maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I, I could... I could have coffee with a guy a couple times a month with two other guys and mentor a, a, a young man and, and pour into him. Or I, I, I can do two hours a week. I can do two hours a month, you know, meeting with somebody, you know, every other week for an hour with somebody else. Like, we, we all can do that. I, I woke up this morning at 4.30, and I was just thinking about today and what God was going to do. And I just realized, you know, someone said recently, I don't, I don't believe in tithing. I, I, tithe my, I tithe my time. And I'm like... That's not a tithe. Jesus, didn't, Jesus, I mean, you should give your time, but that's not, God didn't say tithe your time while you should. But then I was thinking, it would be very hard for me to give two hours of my day. None of us give God two hours a day. So like, oh, I tithe my time. Like, that's, that, that actually is actually harder than it is to actually give 10% of what you, what you have. Yeah. I don't, if you're a business owner here today, or if you work a job, or if you have kids, if you have any amount of responsibility in your life, you realize time is like, Time is the most valuable thing that we have. I was talking to my friend Marty today. He was on a retreat this past week, and he's like, I was gone for three days. All the work when he got back as a business owner, it didn't go away while he was gone. So, um, so we can all, we, we, could, we all could carve out an hour. We all can carve out two hours a month to, to pour into somebody. So if you're like, man, that is like, I, I could do that. I, I, I could do that, or I could at least learn what it means to do that. I think sometimes the hardest thing to do is to, is to sign up. But once we sign up, then we're in, we realize the, the bar really isn't as high as we think it is. It's like this, it's this um, figment of our imagination. That this is going to be impossible to be that. Oh, I'm, that's, you know, you probably, you don't, out of all the ladies that you have as mentors, probably a lot of them aren't pastors that are mentoring the people. They're just people that are sitting in our, in our seats like every one of these people in here. And, and some of you guys, as I look across the room, there are some amazing people in here today that you could do this. Like this, this ha as I'm thinking about it, um, this is for such a time as this right now. When we met last week, I told, when we met last year, I told Mary, I was like, I don't really know if we have anybody that could, could do this. And now I'm looking around, I'm like, dude, we got some people now. Mm -hmm. There are some people in here today that could do this with somebody else in this room or, and, and get to know someone and really build the church in a way that, that maybe you've never even thought of before. And let me tell you, if we had two or three of our mentors up here, every one of them would say to you that their life has been radically changed as a result of stepping into this, even more so probably than our survivors' lives. Wow. I am just as passionate about mobilizing the church to reach the margins as I am about the women that we serve yeah. uh, because my life was forever changed when I launched out, when I took a step of faith in and got involved in work that I thought, how can I relate to these individuals? And God showed up in big ways. Yeah, tell them about... Um and then I want to ask you one more question, but tell them about um, that story you're talking about. Were you in Moscow? Yes. Were you? Can you tell them that story? I sure And then can. how it kind of full, came back around full, full yeah. circle? Well, I started we're actually working with this population in 97, um, if you can believe that. She's Before very young. Before we had the language. She's very young. She started when she was 12 <laughs> or 13. Right. 
right? Um, before we had the language of trafficking and it was assumed that everybody who uh, was being prostituted was making a choice to be there, right? And so we didn't have an understanding that they're actually prostituted individuals. Um, and so I was working with a runaway, uh, a girl that had run away from home. Uh, she was 15 years old. She was a few months pregnant when she uh, came into our program and I was assigned as her mentor. And um, let's just say that that was my first lesson of what not to do, right? So I built this relationship with her. I gave her, you know, clothes, makeup, all of that. And, a, a, you know, several weeks into the relationship, I thought things were going great. I thought, oh, it's like having a little sister. She ran away. I found out a week later that I basically helped her clean up so she could make more money. And that was a huge, like, punch to my gut and a realization that we can have the best of intentions, we can have the purest of hearts, yeah. but if we're not educated and we don't understand how to best help without causing harm, we will inadvertently and unintentionally cause harm. Mm -hmm. And so I think that started my journey over, whatever, 25 years ago now. Um, and then from there, yes, fast forward, I was living in Moscow, and that's actually where I met my husband. And um, we, were, uh, we were youth pastors there, but we, I was the first apartment that I lived in prior to meeting Eager actually um, backed up to an alleyway. And so a couple of months after moving in there, I went out on the balcony one night and I looked down and I saw this row of women lined up and I saw a vehicle on either end of the alleyway shining their headlights. And I actually saw a pimp walking up and down and inspecting the women before they went out to work for the night. Mm. And my heart was broken. And at that point, I didn't speak Russian. I knew that the, you know, mafia was involved. It was very dangerous. And I felt helpless. Like, what, what can I do in this situation? And I just remember crying out just, you know, from my heart, nothing eloquent. Just like, Lord, please send somebody to help these women. Like, let them understand their worth. Let them understand their identity in you. Let them just understand that you love them and you have so much more for them. And so every so often, not every night, not even every week, but every so often, I would go out on the balcony, I would see that scene playing out, and I would just cry out to God. And I started um, asking God, what could I do? Since I couldn't get involved there, what could I do? And uh, started working with youth, actually. At that time in 2000, there were 500,000 what they called social orphans on the street of Moscow, meaning they had parents their parents couldn't afford to care for them. And so they would send them from surrounding villages to beg in the city. And so our youth started reaching out to them. We started partnering with another organization there that we would do outreach to the train stations and things like that, really wanting to instill in these young people who they are in Christ so that maybe we could prevent them from ending up in that situation that I saw. So then fast forward many, many years later, um, in 2006, my husband and I came to the States, and so we've been here since. But obviously, he's been back and forth. We have family there and that. Um, but in 2015, after I'd had all my babies and, and they were old enough for me be, to be able to leave for a little while, my husband and I went, um, we, I was doing a women's conference in a village there. And so we made plans. We went to, to Russia. We were going to be there for three weeks. We were taking care of some personal things as well. And um, we had these two appointments with kind of the grassroots uh, people that were sort of trying to address this issue in Moscow. Now, Moscow, for those of you who don't know, is officially 15 million, probably closer to 18 to 20 million people that live in the city. And so we flew to Moscow and we were, um, you know, meeting. We met with these two couples 
each couple separately said to my husband and I, you really need to meet with our main leader and his wife. He's out of town right now. He'll be back in another week. And we said, that's fine. We'll, we're here for three weeks. So you guys set it up. We're happy to meet with whoever you think we should connect with. And so we went out of town. We came back, and we ended up having this meeting. Well, there's this group. There's about 20 of them. They're divided into kind of like three segments. Some of them are praying. Some of them are doing education in the orphanages because in Russia, they age out of the orphanages at 16, and then they become highly vulnerable for being trafficked. So they were educating orphans, and then some of them were trying to work with law enforcement and that kind of thing. And so they had just done a rescue, and they were working on getting these women um, from, from Nigeria back home because all of their passports and documents had been stolen. So my husband and I come into that meeting, and we're just sitting there listening. And then the leader turns to us and says, so who are you guys with? And I kind of laughed. I'm like, uh, we're not with anybody. We're just trying to figure out what God's saying to us. <laughs> and like, are we supposed to be involved in all of this work? And so my husband, of course, is like, Mary, tell him your story. And I'm like, what story? So kind of the backstory of my involvement, my heart, my passion around all of this. I had also uh, been on staff at a church where we had been involved in Calcutta, India, um, and we helped establish the first aftercare facility for minor victims of human trafficking there in Calcutta. And so anyway, I had shared all of that with their team. And at the end of that, uh, he and his wife were very, like, visibly choked up. And um, he especially, and I thought, uh, my Russian is really rusty or what's happening here? <laughs> and um, he said, something you shared at the very beginning of your story really moved me. So I started thinking, what did I say? What did I say? And he said, do you remember a little yellow Neva, which is a Russian make of car? And I thought, what in the world is he talking about? And he said, I was the pimp responsible wow for that location in the city during the years that you were living there and praying. And now I go in and I help rescue Come on. these women. Come on, that's awesome. Unbelievable. It had been 15 years, 15 years from the time I lived there and prayed. 15 years later, God crosses my path with this man and his wife. So I'm, of course, undone. I'm not hearing anything after that. I'm bawling. I have to excuse myself. I go to the restroom. I come out. His wife is standing there. She's bawling. She is just bawling. And I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? And she said, um, I couldn't share this in the larger group setting because I feel a lot of shame around this. But my best friend and I were being prostituted at that location. And she said, the minute you shared where in the city you were living, the Holy Spirit said it's because of your prayers that have come to Christ. Wow. And I lost it all over again. I was like, whatever, I'm just going to be a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> whatever, Lord, keep bringing it. But you don't have that kind of, it, at least for me, I don't know about for you, but you don't have that kind of an experience and then do nothing, yeah. right? Because clearly God's trying to get your attention around something. And so my husband and I knew that, Russia had closed all foreign NGOs. And so we thought, what do we do? We can't open an NGO over there. Is God calling our family to move there? And um, so we came back and we just took the steps to open our NGO here. And then the very next month, God brought the first survivor of trafficking in Central Florida across my path. Mm -hmm. And it's just that one step of obedience. Yeah. I said this last week that if you... If you plant a seed today, it'll, it'll get watered, it'll get fertilized, and it'll grow tomorrow. And I believe that you're here today on the things that you, that you sowed into that back alleyway that day. And, and I believe the things, the steps that you took there obviously led you to here. And so 
Um, one of the things that uh, they are doing that I am passionate about is that they're trying to take on, a, they're, trying to, they're trying to drive their stakes in deeper and they're trying to take on a location. And, um, and they had this middle of nowhere location that only God could have showed them. No one else could have showed them that. No realtor would have jumped off and said, this, this is it. And so I met with Mary and I'm like, that's the one, buy it. Like lock it up, it's yours. You need to take it right now and it is yours. And her and I are very similar in, um, in personality types and our spouses are very similar in, 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 in type. And there, theirs is a, a very wise approach. Ours is a very wild approach. Yes. Very similar, both start with a W, but both very different outcomes. And so they have a wisdom approach, we have a wild approach. And so anyways, Mary said to me, we're trying to take uh, land on this ground. It's, it, they're not even, it's, it's just, if it works out, it'll work out. And so um, we wanna be a part of that with you. Um, I, I love what Mary's doing. Um, and I think she's gonna do an incredible thing. And I just, I wanna be a church that's involved in everything. And I wanna help people take more ground. That's one of the things that we do. We believe in helping t- take, we believe in helping people take the ground that God called them to take. And so last year we gave you a check for $2,000 and, and I was like, man, I, next year I know we'll do more. And so today we wanna give you a check for $5,000. We wanna double it, a little bit more than double, but that's just easy math. But we wanna give you a check for $5,000. Thank you for what you're doing. We love you guys. And we believe that incredible things are gonna happen because of what you're doing. Love you so much. Hey, I'm going to preach. I'm going to preach. Mary will be here at the end of the service. I'm going to preach for just a few moments. Really, I just want to share a passage of scripture with you today that I think will maybe touch your heart, hopefully. And then we will, um, then we're going to take our offering today. We're going to see what, what God can do. And um, one of the things I've always done in the last probably two years, um, the first year, I don't know how we did it, but the last two years, what we've decided is this, we were going to sow a seed way before we took the offering. It was just, we had already committed. I met with our trustees. I'm like, I, this, I'm meeting with this lady, Mary. She has this awesome, incredible thing happening. I didn't know about the building thing. Kelly told me about the building thing. And now I'm excited about the building thing. We don't have a building, but I'm gonna help everybody else get a building. And then one day someone's gonna help us get a building. We've helped, we've, and she said it to me. She said, God's got your building. And, um, and, and she's praying in faith that God gives her that building. And I'm like gonna do it. I'm, gonna, I'm praying in faith with her, but we're gonna, we're gonna sow seeds today and we're gonna let God water them. We're gonna let him do what only he can do. When I, met with, um, when I met with Mary this week, it really made me think about a passage of scripture in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 16. There's a story of a, name, there's a, story of a lady named Lydia. And I just believe that the message that God called me to give today was, I think God's calling out more Lydias. I think there's some people in here today that you, 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 could, you, can, you can stand in the gap for some other people. You could be a, a Mary, you can be a Diana, you can be an Angela, you can be a Rachel, you, you can be, but Lydia had a powerful, powerful, powerful impact. And all she did was a couple of things. And all, all I've ever asked you to do is a couple of things. We've been praying for this offering. All I've asked you to do was pray in the offering. Today, if God told you to give, then today we're gonna take our prayers and we're gonna put them into action. If he told you to give nothing, then that's the number you get to give. And, but if he told you to give something, then that's the number that you get to, that you get to give. I was sitting with one of the guys on our team this week and he goes, God gave us a number. We don't have that number yet. We don't have that in our bank account, but we're just gonna pray and ask God for it to show up. And hopefully we're gonna, we're gonna be able to give that, we're gonna be able to give that number. And uh, I told her, I said, hey, here's our number for this year. And she's like, do you know where that's gonna come from? I said, I don't know exactly where it's gonna come from, but I know that God put it in my heart and I know that we're gonna, we're gonna do that. And that was on Wednesday or Thursday. And I told her, I said, that's the number unless God changes our mind and it won't go backwards. Cause I know God's got a forward motion. And so I told Anson, we're just gonna pray. And so we've helped access church get buildings. Uh, we helped a church, we've helped, we have a, we have a building that we've helped build in, in, in Cuba. Like we've done a lot of incredible things and we're gonna help do this one. And uh, I just believe that that's gonna happen because you and I 
are, are just obedient like Lydia. Here's, what Lydia. here's Lydia's story. Acts chapter 16, verse 11, the Bible says this, that Paul, the apostle Paul, they boarded a boat at Troas, and they sailed straight across to the island of um, Sam- Samothrace, and the next day we landed at ne- Neapolis. From there we reached Philippi, a major city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony, and we stayed there several days. A lot can happen in several days. Everybody say several days. Yeah, a lot can happen in several days. On the Sabbath, we went a little way outside of the city to a riverbank, and there we bought, the, I'm sorry, there where we thought people would be meeting for prayer, and we sat down to speak with some women who had gathered there. And one of the ladies they met there was a lady named Lydia. And Lydia was just like you and just like me. Every day she woke up, her alarm clock went off, and she got the kids ready and, and made them breakfast and, and packed their lunch. If she had four kids, she packed four different lunches. I mean, she was doing the deal. She was working her bottom off and doing the best she could to make ends meet and do things. But she had this business and she sold purple clothing. Back then that was, that was luxurious. You know, there was someone else who wore purple clothing. His, his name was Jesus. And when they, when they mocked him, they put that, that purple robe on him and, and, and made fun of him. But she sold purple. And she was doing, she was doing just doing her part, just, just doing her job. Just every single day waking up, just doing her job. Every single day waking up and doing her job. And she realized that God had resourced her with a lot more than what she thought she actually had. And when you come to find out about Lydia's story, the Bible says in verse 14, one of them was Lydia from Thyatira. She was a merchant of expensive purple who worshiped God as she listened to us. The Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. She and her household were baptized and she asked us, she asked us to be her guest. If you agree that I'm the true believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay with me, come stay in my home. And she urged us until we agreed. I'm gonna give you two things this morning. It's the same two things I've been asking you the last few weeks. And this is the things that, this is the things that we see in this passage of scripture. I don't write these messages. The Bible writes them. I just deliver them. And you're like, you would, I do not think Jesus would deliver them the way you deliver them. I know he wouldn't. <laughs> He's given me my personality type for a reason. And, um, he did two things. Lydia, Lydia had two things, and they're the same two things that I think that, that God wants for you and I, and here they are. God wants my heart to be open, just like Lydia's. That's all God, if I could ask this church, if there's one thing I could ask this church, it would be the only thing that I ask you guys for all of eternity, it would be this. If, when you walked in here today, would you just have your heart open? When you, when you walk into the conversations, when you walk into the grocery store, when you talk to your spouse, when you talk to your kids, would your heart just be open? God woke me up at 4.30 this morning and just began to speak to me. And it was terrible. Because you know when you wake up really, really early like that, you always have like one of the last few songs that you stuck in your, stuck in your head. You want to know what mine was? Of course you do. It, the, the song that, the people that know me were shaking their head. Like, he listened. It was that song, Fancy Like. I'm like, are you kidding me, God? You woke me up this early? To, and that song stuck in my head. Some of you guys, we need to pray for our pastor. I'm thinking about, I was thinking about date night at Applebee's. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, I cannot believe. But God was just, God was just speaking to me. Just like, hey, I want you to just, just and, I, and I stayed awake from 4.30 to 6. Honestly, I didn't, I don't, I was so tired. But I was just thinking, man, if people walk in on, the people walk in this morning and their hearts are open, this is going to be what it'll be. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to worry. I've been sharing this heart for the house thing for four weeks. It, I, it's not easy to talk to you guys about money in case you're wondering. I'm like, well, he made it look really, really easy. It ain't. It ain't. But I just said, you know, if, we, if, they have, if the hearts are open, it'll be what God wanted to be. 
Here's the second thing. God wants my hands to be open. I think some people, I'm gonna invite the band to come up. I think some people, we get to the point in our life, we're like, cool, my heart's open, I'm good. But then we're like, you know what? Now getting our hands open, I need a, we, got, we need a crowbar. We just take a crowbar. If you're gonna get my hands open, you're gonna need a crowbar. And, and if our hearts are open, then our hands should be open. But somehow there's a disconnect between our heart and our hands. I don't know about you, but I wanna be the kind of person that has my hands open and my heart open. Because just a heart open, that means nothing's gonna happen. I was talking to a friend of mine, he goes to our church. He's been coming here for three years. He's come five times. Every single month, every single month, he writes a tithe check to Hope Church. I sat across from him yesterday, I said, I appreciate you tithing. Like you're like some of the top, I said, you guys are top givers in our church. You've been, you've been three times. I said, there's so much more. You could just come inside the building. Like there's people that would love to get to know you, spend time with you. I said, this is what I said to him. This is, this is the kind of stuff I say that trustees cringe about. I just say, hey, listen, honestly, if I had a choice whether or not for you to keep your tithe and you give it somewhere else and you come and get the community, I would actually rather you come get the community. That's how, that's how invested I am into, into lives and the souls. I don't, this isn't my house. This isn't my offering. This is, this is all God's. I said, I, I, I appreciate your hands are open. I appreciate that, but dude, you, could, you need community. You need community. Well, I watched online. I don't, last time I checked, there's no community online. Like you need some, and, and our friend in the back is back there connecting people via Facebook today. I'm thankful that he's having, but like, man, there's something about, we had a guy last week, he come, he came last week at 1030, because he watched online at 9 a.m. He's like, it was so good on per, in, online, I had to come see what it felt like in person. So when we resource, when we, when we give today, we're giving 20% of what comes in today, it's going out. We're just gonna start writing checks. We already started writing checks and it's just gonna go out. 20% will go to ministry. We're gonna do some things. We're gonna make sure that technology works every week. We're gonna make sure that technology gets better. Our audience has been growing. We made a hire four weeks ago. We've already, we've already made the hire before the money came in. We just believe that God's gonna do what he can do. 20%, we're gonna seed what we believe that God's gonna do. He'll water it. Lydia opened up her home, which is pretty cool. And she started the church at Philippi in her house. There was no YMCA's. There was no brick and mortar. She started a church in her house. Just an ordinary person. Or if, she said, if you count me faithful, if you think my walk with Jesus is serious, then come to my house and we're gonna, we can do church right there. We'll do the worship. I'll open up the house. I'll do the hospitality. You bring the preaching and you bring the worship and we're gonna do it there. And we're just gonna have church in my house. And they had church in their house. Some of you guys in here today, you're thinking right now, you know, my, mine's not gonna, my offering, it's not gonna make that big of a difference. I don't have, I don't have what they have. And here's what I, here's what I need you to know. It, it, it really isn't about the number. It's really about your heart. The Bible says in Zechariah chapter four, verse 10, do not despise the small beginnings. Don't despise the small. I remember when we get, what we gave this year is, is quite a bit bigger than what we gave the first year. It was, it was so small. But when a bunch of small comes together, it goes so much further. Can I illustrate it for you guys today? Right now, Just the Keys is playing. That's it. And it sounds good. 
and it's cool. But there's a guitar player over here. And he's gonna add this, this sound. I know you're probably thinking, I didn't even know Gabe could play the guitar. Well, yesterday he, he said, you won't see me tomorrow. He told me last night, he said, I'm, you're gonna, I'll, be, I'll be on drums tomorrow. Somehow he made it from near to there. And this is Joseph here. Do you, some of y'all have not seen Joseph. I've been friends with Joseph for a while, but he, he has the, he's gonna carry the low end on this thing. He's gonna play his part. so smooth too. Just add a little bit to it. Yeah, just like just put a little something on there. I'm just saying, it's just a little something. It's just a little something. It's a lot of something. It's a, lo a little bit of something. And the drummer back here, just on the cymbals, just playing his part. Just playing his part just chilling back here. It would be really, really awkward today if we had the full band, but we had no singers. I invite everyone to come in today and you didn't see them. You just started singing whatever it is that you wanted to sing. The lyrics would just go, they would know when it goes. And be, but we have singers up here today. If we, everyone just does a little something, something incredible can happen. A full band can happen. A full song can happen. So here's what we're gonna do. We kept passing offering plates. My buddy's like, you better, it's the Hartford House offering. You better make sure you pass the offering plate. We don't pass the offering plate at our church anymore. We kind of, we retired it for a little bit. So today there's multiple ways you can give. There are some of you guys in here today, praise God for the old school people in here today. You're still using envelopes. You have an envelope. You have an envelope and a seat around you. Thank you. There's an envelope on a seat around you. And you can, you can write a check in there and drop it in there. Some of you guys have already given. Some of you guys have already given. That's awesome. On that same model, there's a QR code. You can take a picture. There are some of you guys today, this will be the very first time that you've ever given. But know this, when you give today, you're sowing into young, young girls, middle-aged, older ladies, young little children. You're sowing into something so much greater. And you're going to be able to come back like she is in 15 years from now, and you'll meet one of these young ladies that she's helped redeem and restore. If you're here today, you're like, listen, I, that's my envelope. When, you, when you're done putting this in the envelope, it goes in the back when you walk out today. You can, um, you can text 84321. All that's in the back of this. I want to invite everyone to be a part of this today. I'm going to pray. And would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? And would you pray too? When you just ask God to play your part, and if you feel like this is the moment, then play your part. Whether it's giving or maybe it's just praying. If you're here today, you're like, I'm brand new to this church. Again, feel no obligation to give. But no, if you do, you're sowing into something incredible. And then in just a moment, Dinah will invite you to stand and worship. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.